With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From the studio in Sun City, Arizona Boomer Radio presents Wealth DNA with Ron the Ronald Naraki. Wealth DNA gives you insights and methods for increasing your net worth. Ron's experience dealing with local and international markets give him insights that can be valuable to any investor. Now here's the host of the show, Ron Naraki. Hello, welcome to the Wealth DNA Radio Show, and I'm honored that you're joining us today. Even though we scheduled today's guest in advance, it seems like we picked almost ideal timing. And no, on today's show, we will not be discussing sequestration. It seems that every financial commentator in the U.S. and about half of all commentators around the world are talking about it. Will the conservatives who worry so much about government overspending dig in their heels and say enough is enough? Or will conservatives get together with their counterparts in Congress and the and the president to form a unified team for a game of kick the can down the road. Gee, maybe I just coined a very appropriate phrase. Instead of government spending, we should refer to it as government overspending, which is much more accurate. No, we won't be spending time on those questions. We'll be focusing on investment fundamentals and continue our series on alternative investments. If you do want a prediction for me, here it is. Regardless of what happens in the U.S. Congress this week, we'll be back in two weeks. Same place, same uh, time, bringing you some great information to help you become wealthy. Today we're talking about investing in gold, and if there is an overarching theme to this show, it would be to answer the question, should you and I invest in gold and other precious metals? As regular listeners of the Wealth DNA Radio Show know, we've been doing a series on alternative investments to help you prepare. Yes, you, you are listeners for what might be the biggest event of the decade, the eventual end of the 35-year bull market for bonds. You see, most financial advisors only talk about three asset classes, stocks, bonds, and cash. And to make matters worse, they tend to focus on domestic securities. So if you're located in Germany, they're talking about the securities tra traded on the Frankfurt Stock Exchange, or maybe even Berlin, Dusseldorf, or Hamburg. If you're located in the U.S., the financial advisors are even more guilty than others around the world. Since the U.S. markets have been the largest equity and bond market for decades, or maybe even the entire 20th century, they felt there was really no reason to research or even understand markets outside the U.S. And I'll remind you, when we had Russ Wiles of the Arizona Republic on the show several months ago, we talked about many alternatives that very conservative investors should consider to those CDs, money markets, and cash. Just last month, we had Jason Slater, Raymond James on. Talk about it, another alternative to bonds, MLPs, Master Limited Partnerships. In addition... We've had an overview of alternative investments. We covered direct investments in real estate, uh, directly, you know, kind of direct investment in real estate. Covered that in detail. We talked about crowdfunding, managed futures, and an overview of hedge funds. Today is February 25th. It's uh, 2013, of course. I do remember to switch my uh, calendar. It's 9:03 in Phoenix, Arizona. 8:03 a.m. In, on the West Coast, which H.L. Quist affectionately calls the Left Coast, and it's 5.03 p.m. in continental Europe. The reason I mention the various time zones is simply to remind you that unlike a local broadcast, we have listeners all around the world, some sipping coffee, some tea, and others opening a bottle of wine or pouring a pint of beer. You're listening to the Wealth DNA Radio Show. I'm your host, Ron Naraki. This show airs every second and fourth Monday at 9 a.m. in Arizona. I certainly hope you can join us each time we air, but if you miss a show, you can hear it on the archives. 
Just go to wealthdna.us, where we list each of the uh, fine shows we've had, both uh, the past and the archived ones, as well as the upcoming ones. If you want to find out about what Russ Wiles or Jason uh, Slade said, or any of the shows on alternative investments, just go back to that archive, wealthdna.us. And by the way, the link we include in our announcement of today's show will be the exact same link to take you to the archive if you want to re-listen. Isn't technology wonderful? We welcome your comments and questions during the show. And uh, we actually have a chat window underneath the uh, radio player. And in addition, you can call in. So use the chat window. is probably the easiest method, especially when we have lots of questions for our guest. But there's also a call-in number, 917-388-4162, and you'll find it at the top of the screen. Now, for those wondering about the U.S. equity markets, after the first down week in 2013, they're off to a positive start, but slipping. Asia was up, with Japan up about 2.5%. Europe is up about half to 1.5%, but slipping from its highs, and Brazil is basically flat. I've mentioned in the past that on Mondays, the U.S. equity market is more likely to decline than any other day of the week. Well, last week was a notable exception. The markets were closed for President's Day. Now, on that note, I think it's time to bring on our special guest, Jack A. Bass, one of Canada's foremost economists who forecast the dramatic rise in the price of gold, which obviously has happened, and the fall in natural gas prices. Don't remind me. Jack uh, was educated in economics and law. He wrote the Gold Investor's Handbook and the Imprentice Millionaire Portfolio. They're not on your shelves. You might want to get them. So let's give a warm radio welcome to Jack Bass. Welcome, Jack, and glad you could join us today. Happy to be with you, Ron. Now, I gave a brief overview of your background. How do you introduce yourself? Let's say you're at a cocktail party. Well, I'm a management consultant, and most of my work is done with uh, companies that are failing or are treading water. I I help to bring in a a new set of eyes and revise the company. My personal background is an interest, a lifelong interest, in the stock market, and I've written – about four or five books on that topic. The most recent one you you mentioned is the Gold Investors Handbook. And that's because in my work with individuals, helping them with their portfolios or with uh, success coaching, I found that a lot of them need help with uh, their retirement planning and with their savings plan. My goal always is to tell the the individual client you're responsible for your own future. And that means educating yourself in financial matters and then taking a responsibility for your own financial and uh, business future. Okay, and I assume that when you were talking to a lot of clients, they didn't have gold in their portfolio. They didn't know much about it, so I assume that was what triggered that book. That's exactly right. Uh, The other book that you mentioned, The Apprentice Millionaire Program, Mm -hmm. is a general uh, overview. And what what my concept is and what I try to teach people is, first of all, you have to know what the economy is and the general direction over the next two or three years. I cannot, even though I do business, business planning, and you're required to do planning for five years, five years out and beyond is is just simply guessing. But you can reasonably assess what's happening in the market today and project what's going to happen in the next two or three years. Then you drill down, and what sectors are going to profit most in the next few years? And in that, then, what companies uh, listed on stock exchange are going to profit the most in the sectors that you've identified as doing well, and also what sectors like uranium would you avoid? Okay. All right. That's interesting. We'll even touch on that one a little bit. Now, so our listeners can do a little research during the show, and that's the nice thing about the way we're we're set up. Uh, how do they get more information about Jack Bass or your newsletters, your company? I, I can give you, um, as a start, go to uh, my my company website, www.jackbassteam.com. Mm-hmm. And, and for the newsletters, the general stock market newsletter is at www.amp2012.com. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. And the gold right. Go ahead. And the gold the gold newsletter is www.ampgoldportfolio.com. Correct. And I want to make sure that people get those. Okay, so let's repeat those. One is jackbassteam.com. That's the company. Right. AMP2012.com for the um, uh, commentary on the market. And right. uh, AMPgoldportfolio.com to find Which out is, his views on gold. That's right. And each one of them gives every day, every market day, two or three individual stocks and a, re- a review. Mm-hmm. so that they can keep up with the books. And the books are available through Amazon.com. Absolutely. Great. All right. Really appreciate that. And I've, I, uh, when I saw some of the things on your webpage, I'm thinking, how does this guy have time to do all this stuff? I mean, it's got to be unbelievable. You you, you work uh, about as many as hours I, I do. I think you're putting in 15, 16 hours a day to keep up with all this stuff. Yeah, that's uh, I'm correct. impressed. But, you know, when, when you do something you love, the time flies by. It's not, it's not a chore. Oh, boy, you're speaking to the choir now. Okay, let's start with the fundamentals, which is what we focus on in the show. Why should an investor have gold or precious metals in their portfolio? Any study that you do of uh, the U.S. dollar, and I I think that um, a lot of your uh, clients are invested heavily in the United States. uh, Obviously, because of the English language, it's going to be our our base, correct? Right, but even my... um, my uh, clients and my uh, newsletter followers around the world are based a lot of base in, in U.S. equities, and the long-term trend of the U.S. dollar is a steady decline. And it goes back as far as 1957, what you bought for a quarter now costs you almost ten times as much. And people have failed to recognize that gold is money. Paper money is not money. Gold is money. And the only thing that's going to offset that long-term decline, which is continuing in the U.S. dollar and the the battle that the yen and others are trying to devalue their currency, the only offsetting is, is natural resources. So I look to gold and oil. At one point, we looked at natural gas. Fallen. Right. Because of the success of, of finding so much gas in the United States and in Canada in shale, and then this is going to repeat itself around the world, that price is going to remain down for a long time. But the recovery in the economy and the need for producers to have a high value is a tremendous advantage. But oil and gold will offset the decline in the yen, but particularly the U.S. dollar. Okay. Now, what percentage of somebody's portfolio should be gold and precious metals? And I know it's going to differ by uh, various types of portfolios, but if you wanted to give a kind of a general rule of thumb as a starting point, what would that be? I'd say a general rule of thumb is 20%. And my focus is not on um, gold, uh, precious metals being put away in a bank vault, although Mm -hmm. certainly I think that's valuable. My focus is uh, as a stock picker. I think there are lots of of good mining stocks that are at a great discount today, and they offer the potential through growth of exploration and development and production to far offset just the falling and the rise and fall in the commodity price. Now, I should mention, and I was going to mention it later on the show for sure, that uh, you happen to be based in Canada, and uh, most of the uh, gold exploration and uh, mining companies actually have their uh, registrations in Canada. So I think it's not a coincidence we happen to have you on the show. Well, I, I think anyone can, can see that uh, the major gold companies like Barrick, for, and for example, you mentioned the, the needs of particular clients. If you're wanting to sleep at nights and you want the most secure uh, investment, you can look to a huge company like Barrick producing 7 million sure. ounces a year and increasing. So it's not necessary that you go to hickle, pickle, nickel or rely on your brother-in-law knowing his uh, barber's son invested in, in some remote uh, corner of the world. Correct. I understand. I like that. Uh, I'll, have to, I'll have to quote you on that one. Uh, now, how long have you been tracking the gold markets? And can you give us an overview of how the gold price has done over that uh, time period? Well, what I've done is going back to when the price of gold about, uh, now this is more than 10 years ago, mm-hmm. was less than $800. That's when my interest was was uh, peaked. 
or okay. uh, excited. And what I started to do then is recommend people going to gold stocks. Now, we've done very well since then. The price of gold today uh, fortunately took a bump up. But uh, from that time till now, it's double. And gold has had a decade-long run. Certainly nothing goes on or straight up like an arrow forever or like a rocket. So mm-hmm. that you, you have to expect these pullbacks, the same in the market. The market uh, in 2008, of course, cratered and people panicked out. But had they held in, you know that the market is back higher than it was in that in that five-year period. And that was something that is predicted my Apprentice Millionaire book, uh, a rally in the market. It doesn't go up forever, but I think that the if you're looking for a prediction, as all people do, mm-hmm. the market sure. is going to rise once this uh, political uh, debate gets over in March or April. And mm-hmm. from then I see a, a very slow expansion, but still a, a very good outlook for the market and the outlook for gold to offset the government deficits, the uh, the IMF battle of the companies trying to devalue is to go to 1800 and within a, a couple of years over 2000. Okay, and we're going to drill down to that in even more detail because this is obviously uh, of interest to, to, to me as well as all of our listeners. Now, one of the guests on this show, Jason Slade, happened to be on recently, often describes in his uh, various talks the, the price chart for uh, gold as a big smiley face where, uh, for example, the last peak was back in the late 80s uh, and then it dipped down and real slowly and then came back up and the upper part of the smiley face, you might say, was was uh, now recently in uh, 2012. Uh, is that a good analogy to use where gold moves in these long sweeping cycles? It's not uh, something, even though there's obviously uh, fluctuations on a daily basis, it's not something that... Uh, uh, moves very, very dramatically in a three-year period, it tends to move in fairly long-sweeping uh, cycles. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with that, but the, the cycles are much longer. You have to go back to the time of uh, FDR uh, mm-hmm. when they forbid um, U.S. citizens from holding gold. Now, gold right. then was at $35 an ounce. <laughs> and you know that more recently... Uh, the Fed under Volcker sold off huge amounts of American gold at less than $75 an ounce. People don't bring that up. But if wow. you look at the long-term curve, it is a, a rise, and what it is offsets is the long-term decline in the purchasing val- value of the U.S. dollar. So the two are very well correlated. Okay, and, and you talk about that. What what other factors influence the price of gold? Obviously, some of the daily fluctuations might just be purely random. Well, what are the, some of the emotions and some of the uh, uh, fundamentals that drive the price of gold? Well, I, I think what we're seeing is that uh, at the present time, because of the quantitative easing, the printing presses that are running both at the uh, Federal Reserve in uh, America and the other central banks around the world, the low inflation rate that's current, giving a rise to a very low interest rate being earned by savers, by pensioners, and mm-hmm. by, by stock market, is people are looking for an alternate. Now, that helps gold in, in that people are saying, well, I know that if I store gold coins in the, my bank vault, I get nothing for it, no interest. I'm right. really relying on the price rising. But in a low inflationary basis, People are looking for alternatives. When the uh, market starts to roar, as it will again, uh, people then say, well, I'm getting nothing for gold, and the market is rising every day, and that's what I see on the news, and they switch out. But I think that uh, one thing that we haven't mentioned um, is that I regard gold as insurance. I think that contrary to paper money, gold is real money. And that's why I urge people to have 20% in gold, because it is an insurance against the cupidity and stupidity of government. I, I, I can't, you know, you, you really have to protect yourself. You can't rely on the government paying your pension or seeing to it that the uh, suddenly they're going to be interested in a strong dollar policy. You know, every if you look back, every every president says I'm in favor of a strong dollar. Right. But right. the history for the last sixty years is the exact opposite. Cheapen the dollar, 
help our export market, which helps jobs, and export as much as we can. And in truth, most that small amount of depreciation in their purchasing value every year, year after year. So I urge my clients, you look at the history of it and protect yourself. No one else is going to do it for you. I like that. Now, let me remind our listeners, you're tuned to the Wealth TNA Radio Show. I'm your host, Ron Naraki, and I look forward to you joining us every second and fourth Monday. If you've missed some of the prior shows like Russ Wiles or the early ones on uh, alternative investments, or if you want to re-listen to them, we maintain an archive of shows on www.wealthdna.us. If you'd like to get an email reminder of the shows, you can do one of two things, or of course both. Just send an email to me, ron at wealthdna.us, or uh, and I'll of course keep you posted about future shows and events. Or up in the upper left-hand corner of the screen when you um, uh, sign in, there is a uh, Boomer and the Babe picture, and right under that there is a follow button. You'll be informed of each of the great shows on the Boomer and the Babe network. And a reminder, during the radio show, we welcome you, our listeners, to ask questions. Just start a chat in the area below the radio player. Today we're talking about investing in gold with Jack A. Bass, an economist, author, and an expert on investing in gold. All right, Jack, where are we now in these long-term trends? This is a very, very long-term uh, trend. And let me qualify that question. On, on a recent show, I, I used the phrase, we seem to be living in the Chinese curse, may you live in interesting times. And the U.S. stock market's been euphoric, approaching all-time highs. The G20, and you touched on uh, Japan specifically, because that's really one of them, uh, seem to be in a race to the bottom, that is, uh, trying to drive their currencies to the bottom. And the only constant seems to be uncertainty is where should the price of gold be in these interesting times? Actually, uh, my own prognosis, and this is, uh, if you watched uh, Art Cashin on... Uh, I think it's CNBC. He's a, a trader on the floor. Mm-hmm, the inflation mm-hmm. that we're seeing of, of the printing presses should mean that gold is would be much higher than it is today. And okay. so we have the argument over conspiracies. Are the, the uh, central banks around the world and producers holding down the price of gold? Now, uh, I don't believe there's, there's a, a sit-down conspiracy where a 1,000 people meet every month and yeah, right. that this is this is how they're going to manipulate it, but effectively the the they have managed to hold the price of gold down, but it has still risen over the last ten years. And I think at at some point, as people realize what's happening with their purchasing value, and that they can't rely on the the quantitative easing bringing back the economy, they are going to protect themselves with gold. So I see gold much higher. Uh, in a year or two than it is today. In the short term, however, the economy, the big economy of the world is the U.S. economy. It is slowly grinding itself higher. And let me give you let me give you just one statistic. Sure, and as a matter of fact, came, that's good because we just wanted to switch to the equity markets for a few minutes here. So well, let's let's talk about that. I'm just currently reading the Conrad Black's uh, biography of FDR. And in 1936, when FDR was campaigning again to be president, um, I, towards the end of the year, the increase in, in employment, remember they're coming out of the Great Depression, right. the increase in, in deploy, uh, employment at the end of 1936 was 155,000 jobs that particular month, something in November or December. <laughs> and that is the same increase in employment in the U.S. last month where the population is three times the size. So we need jobs in the area of at least 300,000 a month to revive the U.S. economy. That is not happening. It's a long, slow grind, but it's grinding upwards. So you can still take advantage of that. Looking at that as long term, there are many great deals in the equity market today. And the junior golds, which I kind of specialize in, are really mm-hmm. selling at a great discount. Even Barrick, the number one choice I would have is at $30. And I think that's just a it's a bargain for people because Barrick has suffered greatly with some of the decisions that they've made in the past. 
Okay. All right. Now, how about the equity markets around the world? Have some of them, because they have not been held down. They seem to be just ticking up, up, up you know, almost month after month, uh, day after day. Uh, have some of them gotten ahead of themselves, and uh, some of them have upside? And where in the world do you see some of that upside? I, I am not an expert outside of North America, so I, okay, I, I want to caution people on that. Sure. There are cross-currents, however, and the revival in uh, Europe, in my, in my view, is phony. The, uh, okay. They papered over the banking crisis. The, the Greeks are saying to the IMF, we'll pretend that we'll recover. We'll pretend that we will cut our spending and reduce our, uh, our government bloating. And you'll pretend that we're going to be able to repay you. So advance us the money now, and that will happen in Spain and Italy. And we'll all pretend that things are well, but they are not well. This is not a real recovery. And you cannot cut your government size or your employment and have unemployment at 25% as it is in, in Greece and Spain, youth employment at 50%, and you cannot recover on that basis. And if I can interject as an outsider in the mm-hmm. U.S., the GOP uh, austerity pledge for America, you, no economy in the world, there is no record of any economy in the world where you cut spending and go on an austere budget and raise interest rates, that does not promote recovery. That is nonsense. So the U.S. is fortunate that it has uh, avoided that GOP in the in the White House, but they still have the battle. Uh, your politicians will still battle over spending or tax cuts, and you need uh, you need some of both. You need you need some tax increase, certainly in revenue, to to recover, but you also need spending cuts. But some sort of a balance, not all the one way or all the other. Right. Right. That yeah, as a matter of fact, that was yeah. part of what Europe tried, right? They tried the austerity plan because that's what yeah, the Germans it, have it been successful work. with. You, you think of yourself, uh, if you cut your budget, uh, it doesn't matter how much you cut, that doesn't promote great, great wealth. Great wealth is built by growth. And in order to get growth revived, you're going to have to have taxation increases, even if you're a millionaire, and then are on minimum wage. A minimum wage increase in the United States brings millions of people money, and at the minimum wage rate, they spend that money. There's a huge multiplier effect. So there are good things in the offing if those if those bills are passed. Okay, so what, and, and this reinforces your earlier comment. We can't count on the government to figure this out. Uh, nope. They haven't. Uh, they haven't yet, and we haven't found too many governments around the world that that are. So it's really our responsibility to figure out how to make money despite the government. And, and we have available to us today and every trading day a thousand uh, very good companies available for investments. What I urge my my readers and my clients is do the work. And I have to tell you this, Ron, I have uh, thousands of people reading these blogs, and only a small fraction of them have purchased the books. And I I don't know how you can acquire information if you don't read and if you don't spend some time. You certainly don't have to spend the time that you and I do uh, every day, but some amount of time has to be devoted to building up a library and then constantly keeping keeping up with economic trends, and studying particular stocks to know where you should be building your portfolio. And, and a few hours a, uh, uh, watching the Oscars will not do the trick. Is that what you're telling us? <laughs> yes, but I, I watched. <laughs> well, but that, I if, that's be, your only, if that were your only source, you'd be in big trouble. <laughs> yes, well, I want to diversify my interests. But I can I also tell you, I was in Richmond about two months ago with my wife, and the capital of Richmond was the site of about 50% of the movie of Lincoln. So if any of your uh, visitors or, or any of your audience are there, visit Richmond, take the tour, and you'll see where Lincoln was filmed, a great deal of it. And also we had the wonderful time in, in Washington visiting the Smithsonian, just a wonderful view of the, oh, absolutely. Of, of so much. Absolutely. Definitely learn a lot more at the Smithsonian than you would at the Capitol. 
Right. Um, all right. Now, I did a little research uh, in preparation for this show, and obviously I follow the gold market pretty closely. Uh, if I look over the last five years, you said gold done extremely well, and it turns out that it's beat the S&P 500, kind of the, the, the broad measure I tend to quote most often, by right. about 60 percentage points. And just to clarify for our listeners, that means if S&P is up about 10% over the last five years, which, by the way, is true because we had still had a down year there, uh, gold is up by about 70%. So that's what I mean by a 60% point uh, outperformance. Now, over the last two years, the S&P uh, 500 has been up dramatically, and the appreciation gold is still 60 percentage points higher. But in the last year, the last six months, three months, uh, gold has underperformed the S&P uh, by about 5 to uh, 20 percentage points. So if I were just looking at charts, it would appear to me that we've entered into some sort of bear market for gold, where now the stock market is going to far outperform uh, gold. Uh, you're disagreeing. Let, you know, share again with our audience some of the views of why just that kind of research is is, is a little bit too superficial. Well, I, I don't argue with the research. The, the numbers are numbers, and regardless of our output, we have to be. Um, sensitive to, to say that that we can look at the numbers and judge gold against the uh, the equity market is a good measure of how your gold portfolio is doing, but it is not uh, a good measure of how your insurance is doing. If you have, I hope you have uh, insurance mm-hmm. on your life. You don't want to collect tomorrow. The idea is <laughs> that right. if there's <laughs> if there's the a longer I delay collecting, the better off I am. <laughs> that's right. And uh, ultimately, in insurance, when you win, you've lost. You're you're not there to mm-hmm. to uh, benefit. But the insurance factor means that you're not terribly concerned over the price of gold over any short run. What you're doing is twenty percent of your money on insurance. Make sure that when when uh, governments or politics or Syria fails and there's a collapse in the Middle East or the change of government in Italy and uh, uh, uncertainty in uh, the future of Europe affecting America, then that you've got that extra policy. So I'm not greatly concerned with with, uh, how the um, gold is doing in the short run. I'm concerned in the long run that the equity market will not be as good as gold will be. And if the equity market is good, I've got 80% of my wealth in equity, so I will benefit greatly. And my insurance policy is simply a payment I make to assure myself that if there is a collapse in equities, I have the offset of my gold. Ah, the concept of hedging, which we're kind of getting to in this whole series on alternative investments, is to have some alternatives. So if one is zigging, the other is zagging. I love right. it. And I think you've given a great example of that. So if somebody was buying at the peak in 2012, I think it was 2012 when, when gold peaked, or was it even 2011? But nonetheless... Uh, if somebody was doing all their buying then, of course, they're down and they're disappointed. But had they held a percentage and maybe done some uh, some uh, reallocating uh, during that time period, they've actually uh, performed better than those averages. So uh, yeah. good, and, good And you shouldn't be disappointed that you bought at the top. That is exactly what Barrick did. They went out and bought Equinox Minerals for billions of dollars, overpaying by billions. Now, that led to the CEO of Barrick being fired. Right. And their stock has taken a, a, a hit for that. But if you're investing in Barrick today, you gain because the Barrick price is cheap because they've suffered through this. And a lot of people have been disillusioned. Over the long term, though, Barrick is a wonderful investment, cheap today. You've just added to my list, by the way, in the last uh, few minutes. So, uh, now one of uh, you you touched on this a little bit, but let me let me dig in. One of the uh, financial advisors I uh, use for for uh, information about where the markets are going and the fundamentals, uh, H.L. Quist, and he's been a repeat guest on this show, uh, feels there is a conspiracy happening between the Fed, uh, some of the big banks, hedge funds, and uh, George Soros uh, uh, specifically. And by the way, that happens to be the correct uh, Hungarian pronunciation. It's not Soros as we pronounce in the U.S. Uh, that's beside the point. But anyway, th- they're trying to keep the price of gold down or the perception that the price of gold is low that helps the perception that inflation is low. And that's what the U.S. government uh, statistics, and of course they, they give out the statistics, uh, show that there's low inflation. 
What are your thoughts on this uh, manipulation or this uh, illusion that inflation is low and, and, and the reality, as you said, gold is down and it should be higher? Uh, could this be a factor? I think it's a factor. I don't think it's a it's a conspiracy, but I think that it is quite correct that it is the interest of the Federal Reserve and the government to promote the idea that the economy is stable and recovering and that the actions of the Federal Reserve are helpful. And I think that, that, that by the way, I think that is true. I think in 2008, if, if Bernanke and the, and the Fed and the government had not entered into that massive quantitative easing, the massive printing of money, there would have been a worldwide depression. They acted at the right time. They had the right person there. The problem is, is that their actions are unprecedented, and we've yet to see the result. You cannot right. print trillions of dollars prop up banks that had failed, essentially the banks had failed. You can't prop them up with billions of dollars and expend billions of dollars every month on quantitative easing without some result. You can't blow air into the balloon forever until at some time it pops. We've yet to see the result. We are seeing this in Japan at 10 years, a decade of, of slow decline. The new Prime Minister, and he's going to appoint a new head of the central bank, are, are dedicated to easing, which means inflation in Japan, and it means inflation around the world. These things are interrelated. Uh, China is accused of keeping its currency down in order to export, uh, promote its exports. Ultimately, we're going to see the result. My prediction is the result is great inflation, and that is great for the price of gold. And in the short term, great for equities, because as inflation puts up, companies can now pass on the prices, which they haven't been able to do. And in the short term, the equity market will pick up, gold will pick up. But the, uh, at the end of the day, the bill's got to be paid. Okay, now one of the triggers for a fairly dramatic decline in, in, in gold prices last week was the news came out that Soros had uh, sold 60% of his gold uh, ETF. Uh, did you see any coverage of how he reinvested that money? Uh, maybe he would put it into gold bullion, or maybe he put it into other ETFs uh, or gold stocks, uh, or how much profit he made. Was there any mention of that, or just the fact that he sold that? I haven't seen that, but there are, uh, if you... Uh, Google guru portfolios. There are uh, blogs that track what Soros is doing. Remember, at the same time that he sold, um, Paulson retained his gold investments in ETF. So there are there are two well-known, uh, very success, successful investors, and they have opposite views. And uh, George Soros and you provide. Uh, excuse my pronunciation. Stick with it. Stick with yeah. it. No, no, that's what most people are used to. So it's good they're hearing both pronunciations. Otherwise, they may not know I'm talking about. We're talking about the same person. Yeah. Correct. Good. He did not sell all his gold. He sold a substantial amount, but not all. Paulson did not sell any. He's retained it, and uh, today the, the gold price is up. So uh, it won't be known uh, except in the longer term. Uh, which position is right. But having not sold all of it is a good indication that he is hedging with gold. Okay. No, it's a fair point. I just I, I think what's what's interesting is there's a lot of media attention, and it may be intentional, to selling. Uh, there is very little mention of uh, what you do with that money, what or who is holding or, or buying. So it's just, and that's part of, I guess, the support for this uh, uh, conspiracy or this action to try to depress and 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 to give the, the illusion of uh, low inflation. Yeah, and, but and let's, as I'm, let's also ahead, caution your readers not to go or make their investment decisions by the nightly news reports. That that way lies in you know insanity. Oh, exactly right. And as a matter of fact, that's one of the reasons we try to focus on the on, on the fundamentals. And, and, and quite frankly, as you'll notice, even to this point in the show, we focused more on uh, where it's been and what some of those fundamentals are that drive prices. So that is definitely our intent, and hopefully 
uh, our listeners don't make that mistake. Uh, but given there was a fairly dramatic decline in gold and, and precious metal prices, it reminded me of the Sixth Commandment of Investing. Remember, markets can be irrational. Since gold prices are declining, okay, maybe because of some news announcement, and governments are trying to weaken their currencies, and this should be driving the price of gold up, at least in the long term. Uh, so what, uh, what triggers a drop like that? Well, I, th- I think what happens is that uh, after so many years of rising prices, people simply become exhausted. What happens is that, that if you, uh, and at least I have this experience, you hold a stock that you have great hopes for, and year after year it goes nowhere. At some point you say to yourself, you know, I've had enough of this. I read yesterday that the price of gold is declining. I've held it for years. I've made my money. I'm going to move to something more exciting. I go to a party. Uh, Everybody is talking about gold declining. I'm ashamed to to say that I own gold. So I want to move into 3D printing because that's the glamorous area now. And I think some of that is, is simply people become tired and they lose the focus of a long-term strategy. And that's what my books try to focus on, is have a strategy, a strategy in writing. It doesn't have to be as long as 500 pages of the portfolio book or even the the 400 pages of the gold book, but you have to have something in writing. You have to have some philosophy that you stay to, not just the the news report that gold is down today, uh, George Soros sold, so I will sell. You'll be whipsawed like that. And I see some of that is just that. People are going by headlines or they've been in gold for a long time. They then decide, well, I'll take my profit today. But if you take all of your profit and you're out of gold, you've fallen away from my guideline of having 20% all right, of the insurance. Okay, so what would you tell investors, um, I agree with you 100%, was so somebody's got a large percentage of their assets in precious metals, let's say they've got uh, 40 or 50%, and their portfolio is shrinking while the stock market is reaching new highs. What do you tell them? Well, my, my guideline is 20%, so I say that they, they're over-concentrated in gold, and that certainly is a reason to cut back. And you can look at your your um, the particular instances. You can prioritize your list. What is the best performing? What is the worst performing? And cut your bad performers out. Look for something else. You know when you when you have the choice of. <laughs> we're getting yeah, we're getting some yeah, no, I'm going to send him a quick message here. Okay. Uh, I don't know if he knows that, but we're we're somehow picking up some background noise from the studio. So let me. Uh, uh, let him know, but go go ahead. I'm sorry for interrupting right. that interruption. So uh, I, I can give you a couple of names. For example, um, you, you mentioned I'm, I'm located in Canada. There are a lot of exploration companies. They are the highest risk. So if they're in your portfolio and you want to cut back, cut back on that. The chances of some cow pasture becoming a mine are 10,000 to one. At the other right. end of it, you have Barrick now producing seven million ounces and growing. So that that I would I would keep Barrett, and in between there are, are good small companies. Uh, one I will mention to you is uh, B2 Gold. The symbol is BTO. BTO like the uh, BTO. The band, okay. Backman Turner Overdrive, yep. and they okay. are uh, producing today 200,000 ounces. They have just acquired another company. They've just merged with another company, which itself is in a different part of the world producing an additional 200,000. So they're at 400,000 in production of ounces. In two years, they'll be at 550,000 ounces of production. The stock is trading today at $3.12, but it has 600 million shares outstanding. So if you multiply that, you can see this is a billion-dollar company that is very shrewd management and growing. So that would be one of my keepers. And the expansion of their production means that your the value in the future is going to grow by production, and in my estimate will also grow because uh, two or three years ago, when their production two or three years from he- from now, when their production is larger, the profits are larger. Uh, that is a, a great keeper. And there's other companies like um, 
what can I mention? Uh, Colossus Minerals, a symbol CSI. It is okay. building a gold mine which will be in production in roughly six months. So the risk is much less than it is of an exploration company or even a company building a mine. This is only six months away from production. Again, it is only trading at $3 a share, Colossus Minerals. And so those are keepers in, in my portfolio, and those are the type of stocks I would look at, depending on your, your own uh, um, profile. Okay. I me, uh, I, can I mention I mentioned BTO sure. because I I know the back notes. <laughs> so it's easy for me to go along with that. I understand. Now for our listeners that just tuned in, you're listening to the Wealth DNA Radio Show. I'm your host Ron Naraki. You can listen to the earlier portion on the archive, or if you missed prior shows, you can find them in the archives. WealthDNA.us. Today we're discussing investing in gold with Jack Bass, one of the top economists in Canada. And by the way, most gold and silver mining exploration companies are registered in Canada, so he's close by. Okay, Jack. Let's say some of our investors do want to invest in gold. They haven't been invested a very, very uh, a small percentage of their portfolio. Uh, they obviously today have many more alternative uh, investments than they did back in the let's say 1980s when we saw uh, some record highs and a lot of uh, news on on gold. Uh, what uh, what alternative investment vehicles? Uh, and even before we get to specific stocks, uh, should they consider? And uh, which ones do you like? Well. I would I would start if you're if you're a novice investor or a beginner with no gold experience. First of all, read before you invest. Okay. okay. Now uh, it, does, okay. it doesn't have to be my book, the Gold Investor's Handbook, but read and gather some intelligence about what you're doing. Secondly, uh, on a, as, as a novice or a new investor, look at the exchange traded funds where okay. you have professional guidance. And the number one is GLD, the uh, the uh, symbol for for the ETF GLD, or in silver, which I think has greater potential even than gold, SLV, uh, for the exchange traded funds. And there's there's all sorts of exchange traded funds. The problem there is, uh, if you want to take a look for Eric Sprott, S P R O T T. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he recently, uh, and that Sprott Resources is a gold bug. Uh, Eric Sprott uh, speaks uh, many times on the conspiracy, on keeping the price down, but he has several funds and resource companies listed on stock exchanges, uh, and physical gold, physical gold buys gold and buys precious metals. One of the big arguments uh, is that he says, own the precious metals directly have them in your possession because he says that the central bank gold hoard is illusional, that there actually isn't that much gold being stored, that these uh, he questions whether the whether that gold is actually physically present. So in the US you can buy gold directly from the US mint. Gold and silver coins only based on the value. You you only pay when you buy a one ounce coin, you only pay for the one ounce. The same in Canada, we have the Maple Leaf gold coins. Mm-hmm. You pay you pay for the the one ounce of gold or, or lesser amounts for smaller coins. What I would caution people of is buying jewelry at a jewelry store is not investing in gold. It already is marked up fifty percent for artists and uh, for the profit of the jewels. And the really, um, if you if you took that same bracelet to a, uh, well, if you went, went to a pawn shop, you'll get 10 or 20 cents on the dollar. So that is not an investment. Similarly, numismatic coins are valued because of their scarcity, not because of their content. So if you enjoy collecting coins, that's fine, but don't regard that as gold investing. Only gold is gold. Only gold is money. And so in the U.S., you have great mines like Franco, Nevada, uh, Barrick uh, uh, mines in the United States as well. So you have senior mines. I would start with ETFs and the senior mines. If you have the inclination and the fortitude and you, you can sleep at night, Go to the smaller producers. I just mentioned B2Gold, BTO, or Colossus, CSI, building a mine, and gain from their startup stages 
and the, the likelihood of that production ramping up, and they'll benefit both by increased production and what I see as the increasing price of gold. Okay. Lots of options. All right, uh, uh, great. Exactly what I wanted to, to get across here. Now, I've heard a fair amount of debate on the two you mentioned, GLD and SLV, and, and they are the largest ETFs, uh, whether they really have sufficient backing of gold or, and so, or is some of it really more of a, just a financial product. And if people decided to cash out or the price of gold or silver dro- uh, rises dramatically, that they may not have the uh, bullion backing uh, to be able to uh, – support that uh, uh, that payout uh, any views on that have you have you well, seen some information on that no, I have only read that type of, of uh, speculation and that's what it is you and I can't go into their vaults and count the gold so uh, for small investors I think we're safer having the coins in our safety deposit box in a bank Deborah? and let me caution you in a bank vault, because locally uh, we're... I don't know how we can do this. I Oops, need you to log we're definitely the show and listen to Pete. the show and see if you hear voices <laughs> on the Wait, line. We hear you right now. I don't hear them here. He just faxed <laughs> Hang on. He's, he wants to obviously research the problem, but we... Uh, uh, um, sorry, very loud now. i got my typing wrong there. So my, my, my apologies. Pete, we can hear your voice very, very clearly at the moment. Uh, so... Uh, okay, okay on let, me, that. let me just caution you sure. that a local fellow, not my client, where okay. I live, had a third of a million dollars in silver at home. He told the wrong people. His house was robbed. He had no insurance. So please right. get a safety deposit box, put it away. Shares trading like Barrick or the smaller companies or, or middle size. You have, you have senior middle producers, exploration companies, whatever you have. Take the certificate in your own name. Don't rely on somebody else looking after you. Okay. And how about some of the leveraged ETFs like UGL and AGQ uh, that allow you to, 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 to uh, you know, get two-to-one or three-to-one uh, leverage? Any thoughts on those? Do you what? use them? Well, I don't use them. I'm I'm against leverage. I've had uh, bad experience of having um, borrowed a large sum of large sums of money and lost it. So I am more cautionary. And of course, as I grow older, I'm more conservative. So uh, no, they're not for me. I can I can appreciate people who are more speculative, wanting to multiply by using leverage. But that is not what I caution. So, uh, Ron, I want to mention that if your if your listeners would like to write to me directly off my website, Jack Bass Team, uh, they can they can send an email to info at jackbassteam dot com, and that'll reach me. Okay, and we will repeat that later on as well. So, but sure. info at jackbassteam um, dot com. Yeah. All right. Now let's uh, let's go back to some of those uh, gold mining exploration uh, companies. Uh, would they potentially get a additional boost as gold and silver prices rise because they hit a break-even point, a certain price of, of the you know the gold has to be a certain price for their production to be profitable. That is, Once they that hit is a break-even great, point. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. a great that's a great comment, Ron, because what has happened, uh, and this is worldwide, the cost of production has risen dramatically, and this is because in, in particularly in developing countries, the labor in South Africa goes on strike, labor in South America has gone on strike, and they've driven up the labor costs, which are a great impediment to the gold companies. Secondly, as, as you've probably seen in, in areas as, as diverse as Mongolia, Bolivia, or Venezuela, the uh, countries are either confiscating the gold mines <laughs> are there, or they're imposing great taxes, which raises the break-even point. So you have to be very careful. That's why in my uh, in my Gold Investors Handbook, I've got 70 companies that I've selected for investors, But and I give the websites and, and the background that I have, and you want to wow. keep a, a track of their break-even point. Okay, very very good point. And, and let me just dig in on a couple of specifics. I happen to use these in the, in the past uh, number of years. Uh, these are these happen to be some of the juniors. Uh, Orcana is one of them. A U N F F. Uh, and this happens to be some of these trade actually under different symbols on the uh, U S exchanges versus on the uh, Toronto exchange. Um, 
and uh, Pan American MXOM, which I've done extremely well with, and then I've had significant losses with uh, Reliance Resources, which uh, changed names. It used to be um, uh, started with Gold or Great uh, Great American. I don't remember the exact name, but it was uh, GDPEF, and that's why the symbol is kind of out of whack with the name. But you know, what are, what are your thoughts on some of these? Are, would they be listed in your uh, in your research? Uh, I, I have to tell you, Ron, I, I don't want to insult you, but That's those fine. aren't listed. <laughs> what, okay. what you might look at, um, can I mention one for silver? This is a, this sure. is a very big company, Pan American Silver, now trading okay. at about $17. Uh, Bill Gates of Microsoft invested a substantial amount of money about three years ago in Pan American Silver. He's one of the largest holders. And so if you're inclined, as I am, to believe that silver traditionally um, traded at something like a, a 10 to 1 ratio, uh, and that's really right. fallen out of whack. But silver, because it's an industrial use, uh, used to be in film uh, before digital cameras, but it's still widely used in the new technologies, and widely used means it's consumed and not available for recycling. And so I see in the next few years that Silver is going to take a dramatic rise, even larger than what I've predicted for gold. And so you can look at SLV, the ETF we mentioned before, but such stocks as Pan American Silver uh, is just a great play and a great way to, to play on the silver potential. Okay. All right. That's uh, it's interesting. The same name, Pan American, but the one happens to be a gold stock, uh, one of these, uh, actually a penny stock, uh, but has been, uh, one, like I said, one of the, the, the fun ones I've had uh, some good success with. Uh, good. But interesting. I look forward to looking through that list. I, I did go through some of your commentary. I didn't uh, uh, go through the list yet, so I will be doing a little bit of research, obviously, in the next few weeks. Now, before I forget, I want to make sure that our listeners have the information of how to reach you, and let me get some of the names out. Correct me if I make any mistake. you main website and the one they can reach you through is jackbassteam.com right. and specifically your email through there is info at jackbassteam.com okay and then for the uh, market commentary it's amp2012 2012.com right. and uh, for the gold commentary it is ampgoldportfolio.com exactly right all right, so we want to make sure that our that our listeners can uh, get more information and reach you if they do have some questions, and I'm yeah. sure there's going to be a lot of interest uh, in that uh, research you've done. Now, we've covered a lot of ground today. What aspects of investment or gold investing did we miss? We even touched on, on, on jewelry. Don't buy it for that reason, but... Uh, uh, obviously, a lot of gold buyers are trying to, you know, people to get to pawn their gold. Uh, so obviously, they have confidence the gold prices are going up. They want to grab it while it's cheap. Uh, what uh, what other, uh, you know, comments would you make or topics did we miss? Well, I I just want to reemphasize that you have to take control over your own future, and that means uh, as dismal as it is, reading and researching and then spending some time each day market is and what particular companies are doing. There is a wealth of information available out there. I would start, of course, uh, with my own book, The Gold Investor's Handbook on Amazon.com. I always tell, when I when I make speeches, I tell people, listen, if you come to me, I will charge you $100 an hour for my advice. You can buy the book for 19.95. Start there <laughs> before you, you advance. Also, don't go to uh, hickle pickle nickel. For most people, um, that's like buying a lottery ticket. That is not investing. Investing means doing the research, having a strategy in writing, and then following that strategy. From time to time, you are going to have to buy and sell because companies fall in or fall out of your strategy. But when you have a written strategy, you sleep nights knowing that you're perfectly safe. And the other emphasis was gold as insurance. 
not necessarily to make a great profit, but when you balance your 80% of equities with 20% of gold, you'll be able to sleep nights regardless of what Obama does or the GOP does or whether Syria becomes a failed state and and, um, devolves and and harms uh, the future of the Middle East and then of, of Europe in that process. You have to be able to to recover. So when you have some of your assets in cash, some in gold, and some in in the equities, you're going to be able to fight another day. Don't give yourself over in one direction. Don't go to 100% gold. Don't go to 100% equities. Um, But do the research. You're responsible for your own future. I think you just helped me coin a new phrase for uh, getting prepared for investing. It's the three R's, reading, research, and radio, Wealth DNA Radio. You don't want to miss that one on your list. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. This is where people come to find out what they should be researching and what topics uh, make sense for them and understand the the overview. And obviously they've captured a lot of information one hour, and I really appreciate your uh, uh, taking the time. I learned a lot. I'm sure our listeners uh, learned a lot. And, of course, the archives will be out there, so uh, our listenership on the archive, uh, you know, uh, swamps uh, who, who can listen, you know, real time. So uh, thank you, Jack, for being able to join us. Ron, it's been a real pleasure talking with you. I, I appreciate very much what your listeners don't see is your, your great preparation for our show. Well, appreciate that. Thank you, Jack, and hopefully we'll have you back again. Excellent. Now, how do I wrap up this very good and logical conversation with Jack A. Bass? I guess I could highlight some key points. One, if you're a do-it-yourself investor in managing your own portfolio, today's topic is a very good one. Gold and precious metals should be in everyone's portfolio and should be factored into your asset allocation. For the last five years, the price appreciation has been phenomenal. If gold prices rise dramatically and become a larger percentage of your portfolio, you might want to sell a little. And vice versa, when prices are down, buy some more. Okay, so it's the normal asset allocation. Now, the general advice you'll get from financial advisors to have um, precious metals as a part of your commodity portfolio, commodity segment of your portfolio, and they say that commodities might be five to ten percent, because of course they're not selling you uh, that um, portion of your portfolio. Now, Jack Bass, who happens to follow both the overall market as well as gold and precious metals, is saying that gold piece should be closer to twenty percent. Regardless of how you do it, again, as you allocate, you want to make sure that you're buying on low low periods, and, and this might just be one of those opportunities. We talked about the numbers. Gold is way up. It just happens to be drifting down in the last year or so, so maybe this would be a good time to be accumulating. Now, Jack's advice on gold and precious metals tells me I might want to have even more than my current allocation today. That is February of 2013. For somebody listening to the archives in 2030, you should consider the factors Jack talked about earlier in the show to decide how much gold to have in your portfolio, because times will be different. Also, based on Jack's advice, now is a good time to add gold and precious metals. Prices are low, and it appears that there's a bigger opportunity, and there's already a big opportunity in equities, and he's saying increase your exposure to equities, and Gold and precious metals will do at least as well. Now, is there a conspiracy to depress the price of gold? Now, uh, you know, and, and, and why would there be a conspiracy? Well, to make inflation seem low, because that's what the government statistics show, even though you don't feel it. H.L. Quest is one of them, brought up the topic to me, and Jack disagrees with him. He doesn't think there's an outright conspiracy, but yes, prices are down and yes media attention seems to focus on when somebody's selling gold they don't mention when they're buying and what's the best way to invest in gold well jack says start out with a little bit of um, etfs start out with some of the major miners also some uh, junior stocks re-listen to that portion and think through have you started in the right sequence and there are a number of opportunities in those junior stocks he tracks a lot of them so check out that website and just don't overdo it. And you know what? George Soros uh, sold half of his GLD. Well, he followed in my footsteps. Two years ago, I sold all of mine and I replaced it with other gold ETFs and gold stocks. 
So uh, I didn't get a lot of media attention on that, but I can't disagree with his action. We just don't know where he put that money. Now, on past shows, we talked about the potential end to the bull market in bonds. Now gold is clearly not a substitute for bonds since it doesn't provide you any income. On the other hand, it's a great hedge for bonds since rising inflation will ultimately decrease the value of bonds but increase the price of gold. And that's the idea behind a hedge, to have some investments that zig while others zag. And that, of course, is the technical terminology we use here, which is a great segue. We'll be continuing our series on alternative investments on the next show. We'll have Nicholas Vardy to give us some inside scoop about hedge funds. When I met him many years ago, he was running a hedge fund and one of the few people I know who did the right thing. What is that? Tune in. You'll find out. On upcoming shows, we'll have experts on angel capital, venture capital, mortgage notes, and a guest to share some insights on the level of education that the financial advisors and planners that you might know. What education do they have? in alternative investments. And remember, a good way to increase your wealth is to tune into this show twice a month. We'll share the investment fundamentals. Some great ideas inspire you to be both wealthy as you want to be. The next Wealth DNA Radio Show will be the second and fourth Monday of March. That is March 11th, 9 a.m. Arizona time. Same place, same time. And remember, the archives of past shows and this show are available on wealthdna.us. If you have some suggestions or questions or you haven't received uh, my emails reminding you about the show, just send an email to ron at wealthdna.us. We'll keep you posted about future shows and events. I'll be increasing my positions in precious metals. In the meantime, happy investing. You've been listening to Wealth DNA with Ron Naraki on Arizona Boomer Radio. Arizona Boomer Radio is produced by the Boomer and the Babe Incorporated and can be heard Monday through Friday. You can sign up for their online magazine at boomerandthebabe.com. To reach the Boomer and the Babe, email host at boomerandthebabe.com or friend them on facebook.com slash boomerandbabe. And on Blog Talk, you can friend them at blogtalkradio.com slash boomerandbabe. Follow their tweets at twitter.com slash boomerandbabe. Be sure to make the second half of your life the best half of your life. And remember, at 50, you're just getting started. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.